0: This is food! This is beans! So,
1: Adrian, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, what an incredible movie, am I right? No, you're not right. You're wrong, actually. This is a bad movie, Simon Dennis and I stand by that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's mediocre. It's mm-hmm. mediocre at best. We gave a pretty detailed review, arguably, in episode 66 of our podcast, Spill Focus, a film and TV podcast. So you can check that out. But this episode specifically is a bonus episode that goes into the spoilers, the, the little nitty-gritty aspects that, you know, we don't want to spoil in the regular episode of our show because if you didn't watch Venom Let There Be Carnage, then it would be kind of disappointing if we just suddenly dropped a bombshell. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, what happened at the end of this <gasps> movie – uh, the end credit scene. But before we get to the end credit oh. scene, sorry, I know you're eager to talk about the end credit scene. I just want to talk about some of the other things. Okay?
1: Okay. Tell me about these other things that you want to talk about.
0: It's at the end of the movie, but not at the end credits. Just before oh. the end credits. Mm-hmm. Cletus Cassidy, the villain, the serial killer. Yeah. Played by Woody Harrelson, who has a much better haircut, by the way. We didn't talk about that on our regular podcast. Oh, yeah. Good call. Spoiler alert. He's not wearing a Party City wig. That was a bad wig. Yeah. Really but, bad wig. If you don't know this, viewer, watch the end credit scene for Venom. Because he's got a very bad wig on. Anyway, but he dies. And I think that's the dumbest decision they made in the entire movie. What the heck were they thinking on that? Carnage is the most important villain that Venom even has. Mm-hmm. He's the most important rogue in the rogues gallery. What, what are they doing? i don't understand this they don't even need to kill him it's completely unnecessary the cops should have shown up and they should have had to run away or some bullshit reason or something like that because they could use him again sure okay the symbiote's gone the whatever the the spawn mm-hmm. of venom is now gone but he's still alive it would be nice to lock him up or let him escape that would have been way better mm-hmm. disappointing what do you think
1: yeah, no, I agree with you. It, it would have been cool. Like I feel like they were trying to do a Batman and Joker type relationship in this movie between Carnage and Venom, uh, or Cletus Cassidy and uh, Eddie Brock, I guess uh, is the better way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cletus Cassidy even even says like like all I wanted was to be friends with you. And like I feel like they could have done something super cool where yeah, they do keep him alive and he's just in jail, doesn't have, you know, the Carnage symbiote and, you know, throughout the upcoming movies There's always like, you know, a scene or something or a scene or two with Tom Hardy going to visit Cletus and just talking to him and trying to like figure some stuff out. I feel like they could have kept that dynamic going, and I feel like you could have made something way more interesting out of it. But again, yeah, they just fell into the trap of like, all right, cool, let's kill the villain of this movie and put a nice, neat little bow on it. And uh, yeah, huge missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, like or or you could have made it ambiguous. Like mm-hmm. maybe you think he's dead, but he's not dead, and then you show him in like a like you have two end credit scenes, show one of them where Cletus is actually alive and then he escapes and that he's looking to get the symbiote again because he wants that power. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is that Carnage is shown to be way more powerful than Venom. So to have Venom and Spider-Man in the same movie, maybe you can have if that happens theoretically, then you can maybe have them fighting carnage because he's so much more powerful Mm -hmm. you you didn't even use his full potential he's not an avengers level villain but he could be almost based on how powerful you showed him to be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if he's not if if he's not if they're not fighting in like a bell tower that was that was the problem is that he's fighting in this bell tower that that's the whole reason that caused any weakness he chose Mm -hmm. a really stupid place to get married you know yeah like not every church has a bell a giant bell that was a dumb (laughs) place to go but he didn't know right no he did
1: know because he specifically says loud noises can oh, kill yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. Just, yeah, so no, of course he did. It's yeah. just a dumb decision. He just made a stupid decision. I, again, he is psychotic. But again, they, they, yeah, they didn't leave it ambiguous because Venom literally eats Cletus His Cassidy's head. head and says, like, fuck that guy. It's ridiculous. It's just <laughs> like, what?
0: No, it's so dumb. Yeah. I don't understand. Because, like, don't they want to continue the series? He is the biggest villain. I, I looked it up after. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he is, but I'm not— 100% sure, but he's Carnage's... I guess Spider-Man is really the nemesis, theoretically, mm-hmm. but spider is not the villain. So if you're going to make Venom and Eddie Brock the, the hero, then you make Carnage the villain that can potentially keep coming back. I feel like this is a thing that... I don't I don't know. This is the thing that a lot of these superhero movies they kind of suffer from is mm-hmm. the, not having these recurring villains. And I think that Christopher Nolan had planned to bring the Joker back in a big way with Heath Ledger, but unfortunately that didn't end so well. And I think that throwing them in jail is actually better. It works better. And I actually argue that he did that with Killian Murphy, with Killian Murphy's scarecrow, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan did with Batman, right? Like you throw him in jail and he potentially comes back and he did come back.
1: It was in all three of the movies.
0: Right, and it could have had that with Heath Ledger's Joker as well and really had like a really crazy breakout from Arkham. Um, but anyway, that's a missed opportunity. I just don't understand that. That that to me is really, really short-sighted. And it didn't even – there was not enough much payoff. We didn't even get to see everything that Carnage could do. It, it would be way more interesting to see him on the run as the serial killer being searched by like the FBI, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think that that's way cooler. I don't know. I, I just don't. Uh, if you're going to capitalize on the franchise that you're building, then that's just not something you do. You just don't kill the main villain.
1: But I agree with you. Yeah. Stupid decision. Dumb decision.
0: And I did mention, and I just want to mention briefly again, because I, I mentioned it on our podcast episode 66. The scene I'm talk- I was talking about where they're in the restaurant, where Eddie Brock is in the restaurant with Anne. Mm-hmm. Anne is literally torturing him by telling him he, She's like, I thought I had to do this in person to tell you my ex. My ex boyfriend, who I was also engaged to, I must tell you in person that I'm now engaged to another man. What?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a weird decision. I was very confused by that as well. It, it, like you said, like it's it's just cruel. It's just a mean thing to do. And again, it seems I feel like they don't know what the fuck Anne's character is supposed to be. I
0: like, want. Yeah. What does she want? It sounds like she to me it looks like she wants Eddie Brock and that Dan's going to go to the wayside, but then they don't do enough character development at all. Cause they don't have enough time in the movie to do it. And at the end of the movie, she goes off with Dan again and they just leave that open ended. Meanwhile, Eddie Brock is going on the run yeah, to like Mexico or South America or something. So what's happening there?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, I feel like they, they have very unclear intentions with their character and she's just kind of thrown in as a, as a character to be there. And it's weird because I feel like this movie, it it follows kind of similar formulas to like rom-com movies to a certain extent, but not necessarily between Eddie Brock and Ann. It's like these, this rom-com formula between Eddie Brock and Venom, you know, like they're together. It's a rocky relationship. They break up, they split apart for a bit of the movie, then they get back together because they realize they need each other. It's a very like just typical rom-com s movie with, action spliced into it um and yeah like uh, again yeah. I, uh, yeah Anne's character is just poorly done <laughs> most of the characters are though
0: they just don't develop that relationship in the way that they could have and they just make it the butt of a joke
1: mm-hmm.
0: like for, uh, venom seems to want to have sex with Anne. yeah like you know what i'm saying like it's a very weird dynamic and it's just it it's cringy actually the convenience store scene i, I
1: thought that was very weird it's uncomfortable when she's like it's odd flirting with venom who's in like this old asian lady convenience store owner body and it's like it's it's yeah again i i feel like it's made made for laughs but it's more uncomfortable than than funny
0: i know oh so if you didn't watch episode 60 or whatever listen to episode 66 of our podcast you might think that I hate this movie. I don't. I do really think it's mediocre and that the fight scenes are quite good. The acting from Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson is quite good. I thought that the relationship between Venom and, and Tom Hardy is a focus of the movie and it's done okay. The problem with it overall is the comedic aspects and the way that the dialogue is written. Mm-hmm. That's what I said basically in a nutshell. And in one sentence, I summed up what I said in episode 66.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but the reason why we're doing this a closer look is because there's so many damn spoilers well there's not really that many but there's one big one at the end Mm -hmm. and the fact that they killed cletus cassidy that i really did want to talk about but at the end of the movie of course in a typical marvel fashion there's the credits of course Mm -hmm. and then if you wait to the kind of the midway through the credits you get an end credit scene and in this end credit scene I'd like you to explain it, Adrian, because I'm, I'm curious now what's going to happen next with, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe and within the
1: Spider-Man universe. Yeah, so it's Eddie Brock and Venom. They're, I guess, lying. Well, actually, the, it starts off showing this, I, I assume, some sort of Spanish drama uh, show um, that's like just on screen for a little bit. And then it zooms out and then you see um, Eddie Brock and Venom laying on a, on, a, on a nice bed somewhere in the Bahamas, somewhere down south. And uh, you know am just being like, oh, I love this show. This is a great show. And then Venom being like, hey, just so you know, like I have I have like eight billion years of of hive mind experience. Like if I if I even show you a fraction of what I know, your your brain's gonna break. And then Tom is like, oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, and then Venom's just like, okay, I'll show you a little bit of it. And then he's about to do it, or I guess does do it. And at that exact moment is when Doctor Strange does the spell. From presumably uh, don't yeah, know. presumably from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, because it seems like Tom Hardy and Venom are now in a different universe. Like they they've switched to a different universe. The room changes. Everything around them changes. There's now some random person in the in in their in their bedroom as well. That's like, why are you in my room? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, and then on the TV, we hear J.K. Simmons's voice as J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, talking about Spider-Man and how Tom Holland, uh, sorry, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And for whatever reason, Venom looks at the screen, licks the screen and says something like that boy or whatever. Presumably because he wants to eat him for whatever reason. And then the, then again, the, the scene ends. And uh, initially I was like, whoa, this is quite wild. But then I started thinking this could be bad. This could not be a good thing. And why does Venom want to eat Spider-Man all of a sudden? Like, wh- why does he have this w- w- infatuation over this man, Peter Parker? And it's interesting because one of my uh, friends that I was actually talking uh, about this to, he actually made a pretty good point about um, why Venom might you know, want to eat Spider-Man. And it's because he says that it's like hive mind knowledge. Um, and maybe in one of these multiverses, Venom realized – or gain the knowledge of what that Venom from that universe knows about Spider-Man. I, I'm trying no. to explain this in the, in the least convoluted way possible. And I don't think I'm doing a good job. I don't believe this. That's, that's silly, but that's, that's He's like, crossing universes with his hive mind knowledge. That's, that's yeah. I think him switching to a different universe, he gains the knowledge from other hive mind. Cause again, Venom is like a hive mind knowledge system, whatever symbiote hive mind thing. And that that was his like thing. Like maybe that's what they're doing. Like maybe that's why Venom um knows who Spider Man is and wants to eat him. But again, I don't think the writing in this movie smart enough backs up that point. Um,
0: no, it's not smart enough to have thought that far ahead. Yeah, this is a this is it reminds me of a scene in The Walking Dead. There's a there's a scene at the end of one of the seasons, and it just does something similar where they're they just like they pit two like pit the heroes against each other in the very end scene to cause this drama cliffhanger so that when you you're you're really geared up for the next season when it's going to come in a year Mm -hmm. and that's what it feels like it's like oh okay you're building this animosity between these two characters and you're not really going to explain it and then you're going to have to build it from scratch when the because when a competent writer potentially hopefully Mm -hmm. takes over whatever that movie is between venom and spider-man they're going to write in a conflict they're not going to leave it where it's like oh i just assumed i hate this guy
1: yeah it's
0: because of of, of hive mind knowledge that's would not fly i think <laughs> that that would be very very chintzy Is what i would say hmm. but it could be Just seems unlikely but adrian i'd like to draw your attention to something else okay draw it so okay doctor strange obviously it's no, not obvious. We do, we don't know what happened, but let's say Doctor Strange did do the spell at that moment, mm-hmm. and then he pulls Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, aka Vill- uh, Venom, into this universe. Which universe is this? Not the universe in which people don't know who Peter Parker is, clearly. So, like, how bad did this spell? How bad did it fail? That's my question. Is like, what what happened there? I don't like, know. In terms of Spider Man No Way Home, and I think the question that is on your mind as well is are they bringing venom into the spider-man no way home movie movie it's definitely possible it would be really bad if that happens like really bad because we've seen this before with spider-man 3 and i I just don't think you throwing in this villain who we've not really seen too much of except in a failed well i shouldn't say that we haven't seen too much of in a a Spider-Man type universe because mm-hmm. Venom hasn't been in Spider-Man at all in this particular Tom Hardy universe. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. So If you just pull this random character in, it would be tough to do it right. I, I really do trust John Watts's directorship. Like, I think he does a really good job directing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He has done a good job. Homecoming and Far From Home are good movies. But I just don't know if you can really handle putting in Green Goblin, like Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, who haven't we haven't seen for 10 years. You throw in... Uh, Doc Ock, played by Alfred Molina, we mm-hmm. haven't seen it for ten years. Like potentially Tobey Maguire in this movie. Like it's just too much. You, you can't. You have to reintroduce these characters. Well, you so didn't even can't. mention
1: Jamie Fox as uh, Electro as well, right? That too. as well.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't bode well. Like if they do that, I'd be shocked. And because these movies haven't been good, they're gonna have more of this this comedic comedic in quotations dialogue with Venom and Eddie Brock. Like I don't and and, and there's. And there's no built up animosity like they mm-hmm. surely should be working together. If anything, it doesn't make any sense because Eddie Brock is a good, like a morally sound person. He doesn't exactly, let yeah. Venom eat like a person sn- snatching someone's purse, which you shouldn't obviously anyway, mm-hmm. but arguably that guy's a criminal. So, you know, in the movie, Venom left there be carnage. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's yeah, him. exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, y- you would think that maybe he would let Venom eat that guy. That's what I kind of thought. I'm like, well, that would still not be morally correct. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't let him. So I'm like, okay, this guy's really quite good. Eddie Brock's a good guy. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go eat a boy? (laughs) He's going to let him eat a child?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess like when you put it like that, definitely, like it doesn't, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. And I can't really imagine how Eddie Brock's character and Venom would, like, why or, like, what, what the what the purpose would be to team up with you know Doc Ock presumably or you know William Dafoe's Green Goblin or whatever or Jamie Fox's Electro like it, it seems just out of place and it wouldn't make any sense because I imagine we're getting like it seems like we're gonna get some sort of like Sinister Six thing out of this movie like this multiverse of uh, sorry um No Way Home movie like at the very least we know of three villains. It, They could probably fit in in another three, realistically. But again, like you said, it seems like a lot to juggle. And you can add in characters relatively easily, but not when there's so much baggage, if that makes sense. Because although there is baggage with, you know, Alfred Molina's like Doc Ock and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin and, you know, Jamie Foxx's Electro to a certain extent, I think since the Venom movie is just so much more recent, you're bringing all of this into this very well-defined and awesome you know mc universe it, I, I i can't imagine it going well i i i have to agree with you on that i just don't think that
0: i don't know i just don't know how the spell went i I, I had questions about that because i thought that the whole point of the spell was to make people forget but then it maybe rifted people into the universe sure mm, but, but then I, they wouldn't have seen that on the tv though yeah that's the thing
1: i think the spell failed though
0: but like, it did, how could it fill the op it, maybe it could have failed the opposite way my hmm. girlfriend said something pretty funny actually she's like how how bad of a wizard are you if a boy talking to you makes you fuck up a spell that bad
1: that's a good point yeah i wonder how they're gonna explain that
0: I, that's the weird thing in the trailer that I, there's the only thing in that spider-man no way home trailer that it's just ridiculous like it's it's ridiculous in a way if you think about it in depth but you're i think because john watts is competent and the writing staff is likely going to be competent for the movie the screenwriters yeah i think it doesn't matter they're going to play it off properly they're going to make it so that he tells them to stand outside of the circle that he's building the spell and because tom holland's peter parker is kind of stubborn he doesn't do that and he's like stand away back up back up he doesn't back up you don't want to throw that into a trailer though yeah so you're gonna make it look like really fast and exciting so you just don't put that in the trailer that that's what i'm thinking happened but i'm not sure and i i do hope that they explain that because that that is really stupid Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's that powerful powerful of a spell and you just mess it up that badly because a Peter Parker standing, talking to you, distracting you. Like, he is annoying, but yeah, yeah,
1: he is. He is annoying. Is he that annoying? Is the real question. Yeah,
0: I don't know what's going to happen, but it's interesting. I I always figured that what happened was he did make them forget. Like Doctor Strange was able to make his world, his universe, forget, but he caused rifts, so it pulled in other villains. That's what I figured had happened. Because you even mentioned that when Doc Ock, you know, you see Doc Ock, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock in the trailer. And he says, Hello, Peter. Mm-hmm. You think he's talking to Tobey Maguire? Yeah, I do. Which means that nobody knows who Peter is still, right? So it's like a, it's an interesting situation. We don't know who knows who Peter is at the midpoint of the movie when that spell actually happens. I figured that they had made the spell work. And then the only thing after they repair, they have to repair the multiverse of madness that they create. They mm. have to cre- repair these rifts. Yeah. That's what I thought.
1: No, I, but I, I I'm, I think the spell just failed and the, the multiverse is mel- melding together. But maybe you're right. I'm curious. Now you're making me think. I really thought that in a
0: classic movie fashion, he does the spell and they're not sure what happened. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to school the next day and everything's fine. Nobody knows who he is. And he's really happy about it. He's like, this worked. And then it's like a day later, like in the nighttime, he realizes, oh shit. Because there's these, now these crazy villains on the loose because mm-hmm. it pulled in these people from – a different, uh, a multiverse, whatever, a timeline different universe, thing, yeah. different timeline. That's what I thought. I thought they were going to do that classic moment where you're like, "Oh wow, everything's okay again." Like it starts. The movie starts really rocky. He's like, people are, you know, taking pictures of him. He's like a celebrity, but they're wondering whether they should throw him into jail, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's maybe going to court, and then the next step is fix it with Doctor Strange. It's like, oh, it's fixed but it's not really fixed. Is it? And then you got to fix the bigger problem. Cause the first problem was never as big as the, as the fact that you just opened up the world to the entire Spider-Man rogues gallery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I thought the movie was going to be. It, it, yeah. But I guess I could be wrong. And then they could throw Ven- venom into it because Sony medals in everything. And if they do that, it's going to be a bad movie mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. If they put Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock into the movie, into Spider-Man No Way Home. I can't imagine it being good. Yeah. I just I can't. It just means that there's again studio meddling. People love Venom. We got to put Venom in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Sam Raimi didn't want it, and it happened anyway, and it was a disaster. It's a very yeah. badly reviewed movie. Fans don't like it. So, yeah. Who won on that situation?
1: Nobody, Simon. Nobody won.
0: Sony. Sony won. They made millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, fair point. It sold a ton of tickets. It did, yeah. So they actually did win in that regard, but then they they bo- they kind of ruined it for the next iteration.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: because Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, I don't think, put up the same numbers afterwards or, or did it as well just because it's the hype kind of just the hype factor dropped. But yeah.
1: anyway. So yeah. Maybe Morbius will be in the movie as well. Jared Leto's Morbius. Remember that movie's still coming. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. They released a trailer for that like
1: a year and a half ago. I
0: know. It's crazy. Yeah. This is a crazy situation. I've always kind of been worried about this. Has always been in the back of my mind. How is Sony going to ruin this Tom Holland Spider-Man universe? And uh, I don't know, but it seems like we're in a, a closer spot of look. ruining it than we are of making it even cooler. And I really did look forward the spider-man no way home so
1: yeah. yeah i don't know i'm still excited for the movie um and again like i i i do agree with you like i am a little bit nervous like is it gonna be bad if they try to cram all it all of it in but i'm confident i think it's still gonna be good and i i think everyone's gonna enjoy it and i think it's gonna be one of the biggest movies of all time ever so
0: yeah ah oh, you're still the chef of the spider-man no way home kitchen yeah you, you, you haven't know it baby You haven't dropped your your butcher knife have you no or i have your,
1: not I have not. Little ladle. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, not a good movie. And that's my final thoughts.
0: And your thoughts on that end credit scene?
1: Initially intrigued, finished, worried.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah, I thought the movie was mediocre, and the end credit scene was very worrying, but intriguing at the same time.
1: Yeah, very good, very good.
0: Oh, my point about the end credit scene, by the way, was that maybe if he's not in the universe with the other villains and the no way home universe, maybe what's going to happen is they're just going to make it a different universe in which they split off the multiverse when they mm-hmm. made the spell. So it's just the Tom Holland who's still known by the world now fighting Venom in a different universe, but that's kind of less interesting though, isn't it? Yeah. It it's is. less hype. It is. So I'm not sure that that will be the case, but alas Adrian, thank you for joining me for this, a closer look episode.
1: I appreciate you. You're welcome. I appreciate you too, Simon
0: and uh and your opinions and
1: i don't appreciate your opinions.
0: that is all so thank you very much for listening and uh have an incredible day or night or weekend or whatever whatever day you're listening to this and uh yeah
1: i hope your day is the same quality as this movie (laughs) what that's not very nice take care goodbye goodbye